Hello everyone and welcome back once again to the Over Manga Cast. That time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures, overanalyzing manga that we find interesting. Uh, we are finally free of No Read November and that's why I am happy to tell you that this week we read Lookism, chapters 1 through 14 and... Wait, what? Wait, I'm not even in this episode. Why am I doing this intro? I mean, really at this point, why didn't you just fucking out of this? Anyway, I'm going to sleep. Enjoy the show. Hey, this is Matt, and you're listening to the Overmanga Cast. We're short of Sam this week. Uh, he's just been asleep the past 12 hours. Not sure what's going on there. Uh, but I am here with Jacob and Jay as we dive into this week. We read Lookism. Let's go around the horn uh, with their familiarity. I'll start off. I found out that this had a Netflix show coming out today. I am an opportunist, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Matt told us that the series called Lookism exists, and then I read it, and now here we are. <laughs> Jay? Sure thing. So similarly, Matt gets all the credit for finding this gem, um, and we decided to read it for the podcast. Yeah, so uh, kind of a kind of a blind read for everybody there, isn't it? As I think we've gone over every time we've brought up a webtoon. Most of us don't frequent that site other than like a few things we casually read. So yeah, I've got a I've got a few uh, casual things on Webtoon, but we have a podcast where we read a, a an arc of a manga or otherwise every week. Uh, so uh, I have been Look. I have been chipping away at things. Uh, not fast though. I keep thinking we should do Lore Olympus, and then I keep convincing myself that's not a good idea. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> We might someday. This starts the way most webtoons start. Blatant wish fulfillment. No, I'm going to be nice until the end. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, we, we got our, our main boy, Daniel, who is your kind of like average Joe, except... He is in no way average. There is a bit of a intentional juxtaposition of... Daniel, as we initially meet him, is like almost like inhumanly below average socially in like every sense like it's designed that very gross exaggeration of what you assume to be the conventionally unattractive loner kid yeah socially awkward person he is that he's he's the bottom of the social ladder caricature in character form he is like a gross little errand boy he is fat to the point that like people feel either like visual disgust or pity just looking at him and he has kind of just been beaten up and coerced into being a little errand boy who we, the very first thing we see is one of the bullies at school is making him pretend to be a Pikachu to impress his girlfriend I guess who doesn't seem to care or particularly like anything that's going on it kind of dips into the old like idea of like I am super macho and I'm super strong look I can get this lesser person to do things trying to show off of like a power trip or whatever and only in this case the girl is kind of like eh this is kind of weird I'm not really into this this is, this is creepy and uncomfortable because, uh, you know, I'm not a sociopath who uh, it's really only appealing to people like that. Yeah. So there are times in this series where apparently Daniel is told to do certain tasks that are very demeaning and disparaging 
And literally the girls will tell him like, look, I know my boyfriend told me to tell told you to do this, but please. Just don't. Just, just don't. I'll tell him you did, but just please don't. Yeah, I was about to say, Dan- Daniel's got, um, I was going to say some skills with the ladies if those skills were just concentrated pity. Just. <laughs> I will freely admit I don't know a whole lot about uh, Korean culture and like the sort of like, like gender normative roles there. But there does seem to be a strong pervasive idea of like, like the male characters, particularly uh, any like physically strong male characters tend to uh, treat Daniel violently, whereas most of the female characters, it's not even always framed positively, but will almost always uh, react to him with some level of pity. Mm-hmm. That is how he is seen by the world at large. He is either something to victimize to prove how strong and in control you are, or something to be pitied and then moved along. And really, this entire first chapter is just there to firmly establish to you Daniel's life is bottom of the barrel, which you're like, oh, cool, I'm reading an isekai. It's the only thing you can think at this point. (laughs) I mean, kind of. Yeah, it's it's not an... uh, It's not not an isekai because he doesn't go to another world, but whatever. (laughs) There's a lot of the tropes of the, like modern isekai it's it's the wish fulfillment nonsense is what i mean (laughs) like it's it's just like hey yeah everyone bullied me and then i begged my mom to move to a different school and mom had to be oh daniel's mom does not deserve oh that that woman but i mean we find out or at this point i kind of just intuited that the whole reason was he's just lashing out the only person who you know checks in on him so oh yeah 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 it's sort of interesting because the the sort of immediate reaction i got to it was he's awful to his trying her best mother you know not necessarily mom of the year but absolutely trying her best and and doing whatever you know is within her means for his sake lashes out on her and it's an obvious like stress reaction but the thing I think that really helped along with that is that he immediately has the uh, internal monologue of, I am a terrible person and I hate myself for that. I regret it. Mm-hmm. I've done it before and I'm probably going to do it again. And that's why I hate myself. It, it's a it's a very realistic self-pity feedback loop. Certainly not to this degree and not like the, the things that uh, Daniel in particular has gone through. But like, you know, I know about some self-pity feedback loops that I've had to uh, yank myself out of. Yeah, I, I also like because it gives you a good baseline of he has a direction to grow in. Whereas in sometimes what you get with these is just like, oh, yeah, he's this plucky underdog who's got like bullied every day, but he's got a heart of gold. And I'm just like, cool. So he's going to get superpowers and nothing's going to change. <laughs> but like D- Daniel's just like, no, I'm going to lash out and begs his mom and to uh, transfer schools because he's not doing great in school because getting bullied severely and mom's basically just like well we can't afford it i can barely afford to live here and this is just where a good school is for you so we'd have to move someplace else and we definitely can't afford to just send you off on your own someplace else and he's just like oh okay well i hate you and then immediately like self pities in his room that he shouldn't have done that but my boy punches a wall in a way that you wouldn't think (laughs) would be plot relevant later but then i guess it is (laughs) yeah yeah, he cracks the drywall of his apartment. That actually will come up. There's a big scene later on that is actually going to tie together a lot of the stuff going on. I will freely admit, for most of my reading of this, 
and this, this is sort of like my general feeling on it. For most of my reading of this, you can tell that it was translated from the original language it was in. Mm -hmm. There is an element that kind of bugged me that like Daniel almost never speaks even when he logically should. It's almost 100% internal monologue. And I didn't quite understand it until it got tied together in the end where Daniel punching the wall and cracking the drywall actually ends up, you know, coming up again in a, in a weird way. The sort of pieces fell together for me. It's almost like it's trying to do like a level of abstraction of the storytelling, but it keeps not giving the cues for that. Quite frankly, I see why this is getting an adaptation because I do feel like once I clicked into what it was going for, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Okay, I'm invested. And an adaptation that could maybe telegraph where it's going a little bit sooner. Not to say I was bored or even really confused but there was something that felt off about it up until the uh, up until the end of our reading this uh definitely feels like a webtoon if that makes sense like yeah the yeah. way the plot is structured is webtoon <laughs> yeah i mean so to your point jacob it's really interesting that you say you say that you feel like it's an abstraction just because I don't know. So what I wanted to add to our, as for our familiarity, so I read a lot of K-dramas, or mm. I watch a lot of K-dramas, sorry. Um, so this kind of pacing, I guess, is something that I'm kind of familiar with. So yeah, there's a lot of internal monologue, like at least for the first like quarter of a season or so, before it finally delves into like the main characters, like motivations and everything. So I just feel like it's, it was really interesting to kind of like really feel out kind of where Daniel fits into the space of like where the external stimuli come from and where those external like motivations come from to, you know, his day to day and where his internal, you know, infighting kind of comes where he knows he's a crappy person. He knows he doesn't, I want to say almost accepts that this is his lot in life, but mm -hmm. obviously wants better. And so and for me, this kind of like almost sets it up for the events that will come later on because, you know, there's so much tension, so much tension, so much tension. Something has to break. Something has to happen. And then it does. Yeah. So if you're if you're more familiar with uh, a, like a Korean style of storytelling, that it would probably feel a little bit more natural is basically what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair, because uh, like I said, I, I, I freely admit I I'm, don't really know all that I mean, much the about pace, the pacing is even different from japanese dramas like yeah it's a little different i would say if i had to liken it like korean dramas k dramas are like full with tension and honestly if you're kind of easing into it it can kind of feel a little uncomfortable at points <laughs> yeah and because <laughs> again it's not that i disliked it it just didn't like, it, it felt like there was something off until I cued into, like, what it was going for. But uh, that happens at the end, and we're still at the beginning. Uh, Daniel hasn't even quite left uh, left his original school yet, so he should maybe... Uh... He yelled at his mom and then went to bed without supper. And then the next day at school, <laughs> he's getting bullied. He ate... He had ramen. Well, he... Oh. I think there is something to be said of of sort of phrasing it that way because like part of the thing that he yells at his mom about isn't just he wants to go to a different school because he is also not admitting to her that he's uh getting bullied um and it's like oh mom you just don't understand 
and then like he has the internal monologue of yeah because i'm not telling her i'm the i'm the one who's uh doing something wrong here mom you didn't put an egg in my uh ramen like i asked this is awful i hate it he doesn't he doesn't finish his dinner because he's he runs off to his room in shame for treating his mom that way he comes off as a jerk you kind of don't like him is the immediate reaction that you get that it's like no he doesn't deserve the bullying he's getting but like he's also not really a great person either but then he has this reaction that shows no he knows it's a problem he knows he should be better than that and it's his low self-esteem he doesn't think he can be better but the fact that he feels bad about it proves that yes you can be better yeah. and you should try if you don't like daniel right now don't worry he doesn't either <laughs> like yeah every does not like Daniel. Daniel knows that he is unlikable and he feels kind of trapped. He's like, I know that I am unlikable and kind of am looking for, but I need it. I need, I need a change. Need, I need a change. You need something to kick him out of this rut. Yes. Yeah. Cause, cause the important thing, and this actually ends up being really important thematically to the story. He doesn't think he's capable of change. Mm-hmm. And phrased another way that's a bit more blunt to the theming of the story, he doesn't have the confidence to believe he has it in him to be better than he is right now, which is why he is accepting his lot in life, despite the fact that a lot of the bad things about his life are, strictly speaking, at least to some extent, changeable. His own behaviors, if nothing else. But anyway, he's uh, not going to redeem himself anytime soon, because... Um... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> He's getting bullied on the gym field. Um, basically, he's being a dodgeball target for uh, some people kicking soccer balls at him. Um, he is reflexively dodging the like his main bully. Uh, then he gets nailed square in the face by the captain of the soccer team. And he's so upset. Uh, losing Logan a bunch of money. The main bully a bunch of money. And he's like, well, don't worry, I'll pay you back the money you lost. And then proceeds to get beaten up because how dare you pity me? Yeah, there's sometimes these bullies just don't make sense. They d They're well, just like, if you think about toxic, ma to toxic masculinity personified, it's just this. You uh -huh. just exist to be a punching bag. You're, you know, literally dead if you do, dead if you don't. Oh, you yeah, they don't, he, they don't need an excuse to, to hurt him because it you know they make themselves feel better by doing that so anyway uh turns out the very next day despite the fact that he was a giant jerk his mom had actually come to the school to see about getting him transferred when the it's always the pe teacher for some reason i don't know why the pe teacher isn't outside either but i guess teachers don't do anything <laughs> wasn't pe the class that they were just in <laughs> at that moment <laughs> This uh, this webtoon has a serious problem of why do these people go to school? Um, <laughs> just as webtoon, that is just so many, so many. Shows. That, that's everything. But um, that's everything. Ba basically, he gets told. Uh, he tells uh, Daniel's mom that's like, "Hey, he's got really bad grades. I don't know a single school that'll take him. And even if there was one, you'd have to kind of pay." And she's. It's like, oh, well, sorry. And it's like, wait, hold on. Why aren't you watching the PE field outside? And then outside sees her son getting bullied, runs up and starts whacking the guy attacking her. It's yep. like, what are you doing? Don't hurt my son. What's wrong with you? Uh, the nice thing about this scene is that it's made pretty clear. It's actually 
it's actually implied even in the scene where Daniel is complaining about how badly he treats his mother because there are some insert shots of, of her reaction to everything. Daniel's mom knows full well what's going on and why he wants to transfer. She is paying very close attention and is very concerned about the situation. Um, and that's, you know, why she went in the first place. And then you see her go full mama bear, full display of how mm. much she cares about her son. It's honestly a really touching scene. And it's also a kind of tragic scene because Daniel's immediate reaction to it is, oh, so painful, but not like, I understand why you did it, Daniel. I still want to wring your neck for it. Yeah, it's essentially like he's trying to save face because look, he's already bullied on top of, oh, now you got your mom fighting your battles for you. Mm-hmm you're going to be bullied more. So it's just kind of like, yeah, she's sticking up for him. But in the context, mom, I know you mean well, but you're just going to make me be bullied right now. <laughs> you're going to make me be bullied more. It doesn't necessarily help. Yeah. And I feel really bad for his mom because it's obvious like she works some very menial type of job and like finances are really tight. So again, alluding to the fact that she knew that he was being bullied of, of some kind, maybe she didn't know the extent, but she knew he was being bullied is kind of like, I kind of feel how she was feeling like psychologically during this entire period, like knowing that there's very limited way you could really help. Like you're trying to put food on the table and pay rent. And I, I guess it's just the two of them. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's a pretty crappy situation all around. So I'm, I, I know he's being hurt, but I mean. It's okay. Daniel solves this in a way that totally redeems himself and isn't possibly the worst thing he could have done because he then verbally berates his mom how stupid she is for helping him and proceeds to somehow bully her in front of all his classmates which does not save face, does not make him look good, does not redeem mommy fighting my battles for me. <laughs> like The sort of important thing is he, he notes for a second time when he does it in public in front of everybody, the only person he can stand up to is his mother. Mm -hmm. Which, like, he doesn't seem to... I'll just say the quiet part out loud. He doesn't seem, seem to see the implication. He has it in him to stand up for himself. He has it in him to be be assertive you know it's like he you know has to temper it but like he has so many emotions bottled up they're all you know exploding in in the wrong person's face and everything but like he has more to him than even he himself realizes it's just you know when there's someone that he knows will always you know care about him no matter what that's the only time he will you know let himself do anything and it just ends up making everything worse feedback loops <laughs> regardless uh after that whole debacle he does get his karmic reward which is uh to be sent away to a different school the transfer got approved the mom did everything she could to make it work she's like money's gonna be tight but i'm sending you off to the mountains you're gonna go to a vocational school there it's the only place that would take you we're gonna put vocational in quotation marks because um <laughs> Man, does this <laughs> school do everything? Uh, I mean, it does uh, everything from K-pop stars to architects. Oh my gosh. I, I think architects is a translation mistake, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you got some architects that look like that, I'll take them. I think that by architects, they mean construction workers, but... <laughs> if you got construction workers that look like that, I'll take them. Because well, 
because this is specifically for people who don't go to college and typically you get a degree in architecture but who knows given what we learned about the school they may have uh prettied up the name for the sake of optics yep but anyway he gets he gets sent off into the mountains um and they set up that the entire town is on like a 30 degree hill and I thought what we were setting up was he has to go to school every day and gets like super buff. And then that doesn't happen. And I'm like, oh, no, I fell for a trope. <laughs> you thought this was Japan. It is not yeah. Japan. <laughs> oh, is that the plot of a manga? I think it is. <laughs> um, but, um, but instead, uh, Daniel does get a, well, it was supposed to be a glow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this is his karmic justice. Uh, <laughs> yep. Super cool. He he gets a nice trendy haircut. That... Yeah, super trendy. You know what? In Korea, it's a very recognizable haircut he ends up with. Um, <laughs> more so North Korea, but hey, uh, he probably couldn't even wear it in North Korea. Get in trouble for that. Your body double because he looks. He looks identical to Kim Jong-un. And this is when uh, he encounters, I think, the love interest of this, uh, of this manhwa. I'm not sure, but... So, so there is one pursued love interest that he is actively pursuing at different points. And then there is a love interest that is pursuing him. There are two yes. love interests. Well... Honestly, honestly, I feel it's a little bit more organic than that, because I don't think that there's like a designated love interest character. His relationship with all of the women, the men in the series is very complicated and messy. And that's very true to real life, honestly. But yeah, we are we are introduced to uh, Mira, who uh, a lot of people are are staring at Daniel. Uh, he he thinks it's because of its cool new hairstyle. Um, it is because of the hairstyle, but uh the first part of that statement that's the problem someone suggests calling the cops on him which i thought was really <laughs> funny <laughs> mira is just gawking like everybody else unfortunately daniel is misinterpreting uh people uh, staring at him so uh, he tries to social interact and it doesn't work which results in her boyfriend zach well not boyfriend we find out later it we learned that uh, zach's relationship with mira is also kind of uh messy and complicated Mostly of his own okay, doing, so, but we'll get into that. So, I mean, she he asked her out. They went out on, like, a somewhat casual first date. He assumes that that's his girl. She apparently comes away with something different, feeling or whatever. They weren't, like, going steady or they weren't, like, officially together. Yeah, but he's... He... Red flags that uh, Zach's first reaction to girl I'm on a first date with to go see a movie. Hey, this guy looked at her. Better threaten to beat him up than actually beat him up while recording it. Because, uh, spoiler, he beats him up. <laughs> uh, Zach is uh, extremely clingy and violent, which is uh, something that we see is a bit of a trend with a lot of the characters in this story which is pretty overtly intentional and a uh, pretty stark contrast from poor Daniel, who just wants to get along with people. I'm just saying the motto for the school he goes to might as well be wake up and choose violence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It does have a bit of a shonen anime feel. The people from Not the different even. departments. It is like literally just open the door to violence. <laughs> The people, the people are like, this guy is stronger than that guy. It's like, it's Slice of Life series. What are you talking about? 
You guys are going to fashion school. Why do you care who's physically stronger? I another thing that that was something that I took away from this because this is actually a a bit of a uh, a personal ouch. I feel that I've been there. Daniel actually initially avoids the altercation with Zach, but the poor guy is like, if I just slink away quietly, I'll never change. I'll just you know, I'll just be in the same rut I've always been. He tries. He tries to put himself out there. He tries to interact socially. He then starts conflating things in his head and it goes badly quickly. But then that's when when he like re-engages with the two of them is when he gets beat up. And and there is there is something very uh I think full-on relatable in this case of, you know, you go for something and it doesn't work out. And that's that's so painful and demoralizing. Uh that being said, his his plan had no chance of working out. It was no, it it was doomed to failure from the start. Yes, but like you know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure we've all been there where it's like, uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna improve this about myself, and you know, you think it's gonna go great, and then it doesn't, and that that hurts <laughs> so much. I just I just love the idea though. It's like, oh man, no, no, I wasn't hitting on your girl. Hold on. Let's just go to a coffee shop, all three of us, and we can talk this out. And I'm like, buddy, this is not a conversation you need to have over coffee. Like, come no. on. Uh that that puts uh Daniel in an absolutely awful spiral because uh to to be fair, it wasn't Zach who was filming it. It was the onlookers, but uh it went viral. Uh him being a punching bag went viral. I don't think Zach was upset that his street fighting got filmed and went viral. But yeah, so uh, Daniel is crushed. His new start, basically, he's been here one day and his life is objectively worse, most likely, because now he doesn't even have his mom to go home to. Yeah, it is. It is at its very best, the exact same situation he just fled from. And at worst, it's worse. And it could also be worse. Yeah. So our boy here uh, cries himself to sleep and he cries so hard he wakes up with big puffy eyes uh goes to the bathroom um everything's shorter that's weird yeah the ceiling is lower for some reason his hands also don't look so swollen his eyes must be like really clouded up and then there is a beautiful man in his mirror (laughs) (laughs) and i i don't think that's fully conveying just how ridiculously beautiful this man is he is comically attractive, uh, and I, I will I will freely admit it. It did actually take me uh, a little bit longer than I'm happy about for me to obvious two and two together. But uh, you have two Daniels. You have the inhumanly unattractive, uh, pitiable Daniel, and you have the uh, comically uh, attractive, admirable, uh, or enviable Daniel. Uh, this is it, yeah. he. He represents the two biggest extremes you could possibly uh, have when it comes to. Uh, you wouldn't be pretty if you didn't have extremely ugly. It's all relative. That's uh, also right here is because um, what he realizes is he's like, oh no, I'm in a different body, and then goes. He's like gonna go run out to see what's going on, and notices himself asleep. His, his uh, like fat previous body is on the ground, and he has come to the realization that they are both him and through slapping his sleeping form awake and through other trial and error eventually discovers that he is one consciousness between two bodies and he swaps when one goes to sleep and then we get some death note style like time skip to figure out the rules of this superpower and 
he just tells you. Because lo and behold, my boy transferred to a school that just gave him a month off. Yeah. I, yeah. It, or I guess conveniently it was summer break and no one mentioned it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's the latter. Um, I I, yeah, I feel like it's summer break because that's typically when people transfer or whatever or start up at a new school. I mean, unless like it's like life or death. But basically we get the rules are that when one body's awake, the other's asleep. He can transfer when he naturally falls asleep, or he can forcibly wake the other body up. Both of those will swap consciousness. And then the big thing is that both bodies still need a day's worth of nutrients and stuff. So he eventually decides that he's going to sleep in each for 12 hours. Otherwise, the will deteriorate. Yeah. Which is funny, because uh, I thought, I'm not going to lie, literally this popped in my head. What if he didn't eat for like every other day in his fat body he would lose <laughs> so much weight he gets too hungry <laughs> i know but that legit popped in my head <laughs> well i mean i mean not for nothing there there is a part of me that kind of wonders if that might be what the series is ultimately going for that like by having the reprieve of the comically attractive version of himself the original self like has the opportunity to better himself because we do we do see shades of that starting. Yeah. And I I think Jay, you posted it in the notes like the definition of the title of this, which is lookism actually has a meaning. Mhm. I am so glad you you put that in the uh in the outline because I I never considered the title, but that was actually as I was reading or uh as I was thinking about it and you know reading the outline I saw that and I got what it was going for. I was invested, but now it's like, oh, the title is uh, because this actually gets called out in the story. People treat the two different versions of Daniel differently, despite the fact that they act identically because it's the same person. You're the same person. You just look drastically different and people treat you drastically different based on how you look. Yeah. And uh, pretty privileged. Check it. Yep. It it makes it makes some of the um some of the weird and like I I know what you mentioned, Jay, about um like that being sort of like part of the nature of uh more Korean storytelling. Uh but it sort of it, it sort of made uh some of Daniel not speaking in moments where quite frankly he just should have opened his mouth and said words. Cause there are there are more than a few under misunderstandings that are literally just because Daniel doesn't like talk out loud like a normal person would. But that's kind of the point. He's not yep. saying things. People are reacting to the way he physically appears. Yes. When I had that revelation, there was a part of me that was like, that's a little blunt. And I feel like you could have maybe done that at least slightly more elegantly. But now that I got it, I got it. That's clever. But anyway, uh, Daniel spends his summer break experimenting with his two bodies. Giggity. Not that way. Not that way. <laughs> And eventually probably makes the obvious decision when it comes to what uh, school uniform he's going to buy. He buys one that fits his um, hot, attractive body and decides that that is the person who will live during the day and his fat body will live at night. Uh, gets a part-time job to support the extra uh, extra body he has to feed. And it's really funny how he gets the part-time job because he goes 
was in during like straight after school after oh school is just everyone gawking all over him going like oh my god he's so beautiful oh his muscles are rippling jeez how can we even all of all of the women are fawning and all of the men are uh glowering and then he runs into a convenience store he sees like hiring part-time and the guy is just like oh man i will give you the max salary range you'll get so many attractive women coming in here just to buy things just because of how hot you are. And so I was like, oh, hold up. No, it's actually not a job for me. It's a job for my friend. So I was like, okay. And then he comes back and his fat body's just like, I'm not hiring you. Jeez, you're going to scare all the customers away. I bet you can't even know what kind of cigarettes there are. And then in like being a bullied gopher finally comes into play. He then recites every single brand of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I guess you're somewhat useless. Well, no, no, that's the whole thing. It's like uh he's he's more talented than he gives himself credit for. He doesn't even really it doesn't it doesn't even really register to him. But that... to literally be bullied to memorize different kinds of cigarettes. No, that's the thing. He did memorize them though. He could apply that to things that don't involve bullying. Yes. Yeah, like that's that's the whole thing. He's not like he's not giving himself the credit that he has any talents. He obviously does, and we'll see. Uh, a few more of them over the course of uh, over the course of our reading, um, and then there's also, also that element of the title lookism. Uh, yeah, he he was about to get uh, hired for uh, way above the regular salary rate uh, in in his new body, and his old body almost didn't get the job. Hmm, how about that? And more importantly, because we kind of skimmed over it, he went into the fashion class of this vocational school. We're never told why. He doesn't seem we to never, have an interest in fashion. Uh, I don't think any of the people in the fashion uh, class have an interest in fashion. Uh, we never see them doing anything with or about fashion. There's, so the, the school is like, it's so weird because it is a, it's effectively a beauty school combined with a music school combined with PE is a division of the school. And I don't, know what that means if it's a vocational school so basically the the idea behind the school is um it basically its claim to fame is that uh a lot of like uh celebrities end up going there as sort of like a check the box i went to school sort of place uh like, like so, it's a musical school like it's singers and performers yeah. and everything like a whole bunch of k-pop stars come out of here and that makes sense for the music program but it's also like just the idea that a music school, a music school and a hairdresser school are in the same building is, is just foreign to me. You uh, no, because just the fact that you bring up K-pop, K-pop includes not only the choreography, singing, of course, costume, hair, makeup, yeah. everything. Because stage construction. Yeah, complete industry. Film. I'm I'm not joking. Like literally, it's everything. Yeah. So and 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 I mean, to a large extent, you know, as much as we're joking about this, I do think I I do think the the idea of this is that um this is sort of a rubber stamp school for people who have already basically made it. Like I do think that this is supposed to be a. It's not really actually very good as a school. It's basically just like an industry rubber stamp to you know move people along. That does that does bring up the architecture department, which, to be fair, is the biggest like question mark hanging over the whole situation. But well, no, the biggest question mark is why are the three like 
kind of chunky bullies in the fashion department. Like the three guys who just smoke in the bathroom all day are in the fashion class. Got no answers for you there. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll give you this. My boy, Zach, shows up in the fashion class. That boy is wearing a different dog sweatshirt every day of the week. <laughs> he really likes he dogs. Loves, he loves his Dobermans. He loves his Rottweilers. He loves his German Shepherds. <laughs> I also love dogs. You should join the fashion department, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is wear dog sweatshirts. It's perfect. Where'd I put my spare body? What happens next? <laughs> I mean, honestly, there, there's, uh, you know, fitting into school shenanigans. Basically, the, um, the kids who are in the same, uh, like, social clique as uh, Daniel's previous bullies, they invite him to, uh, you know, smoke in the bathroom, uh, you know, hey, do hoodlum things with us, where they're basically testing out what kind of a person he is. And uh, Daniel, not wanting to come off as weak, says that, uh, oh, I can't because I quit smoking. Because that's losers. And they, it, wow. you, do, you do get, like, the impression that uh, <laughs> Daniel at heart is a, is, is a good kid who reacted very badly to a persistent bad situation he'd been in. And that's, I mean, like, you basically get different versions of that as uh, he sort of settles into his new life. But uh, as it turns out, um, he's living like a perfect life during school. Everyone's just great to him. Even when he like can't handle a social situation, his good looks literally just coast him through. People just take what he said, like with the biggest grain of salt possible. So they assume the best of everything he does. And, Again, like, because he's hot. Yeah. Yeah. And then turns out uh, when it's uh, nighttime. Um, he's at his convenience store job and those hoodlums come in and they're like, hey, give us some smokes and some booze. And he's just like, no, you guys are definitely in high school. I, I, I know you, you can't. They're like, hey, how do you know that, fatty? And then Zach comes in and he's just like, hold on. This is the guy who hit on Mira. And I'm ticked off because Mira's real into the exchange student. We're just going to bully this cashier. Uh, you're going to give us all this booze for free. And he's just like, I, I would get fired immediately. I can't pay for this. There is no way I could do this. And he's just like, that's fine. We're just going to rob the store. The comic doesn't tell you what's happening is they're robbing the store. But they assault the cashier and then well, take what they want. No, no, no. They, Zach hits uh, Daniel. But the other three are like, yeah, no, we're, we're not actually going to rob the store. Uh, they do then proceed to uh, uh, coerce blackmail out of Daniel so he won't, you know, charge Zach for the crime he committed because he assaulted him. But they, I mean, the crime they do is then pants him and take a picture of his genitals to blackmail him. And I'm just like, that's a lot of crimes right there. <laughs> There is the, there is this sort of like really nasty framing of it like of uh, of it from the lower mid tier bullies uh, of like uh, oh no let's let bygones be bygones and just to make sure that you also let bygones be bygones we'll just you know make it worse. This is also where we get brought up that Zach used to be a boxer and was real good in middle school, but uh, then went to a high school and did nothing with boxing. Well, I mean that kind of implies the fact. That either implies that he lost interest for whatever reason, didn't have the funding or whatever, or he got locked out of pursuing higher, you know, 
trajectory. I have a feeling, given what this series has done for its, I don't want to say action beats, we'll call them comedy beats, because I think they're supposed to be. It's it's mentioned in passing a few times that he was specifically the second best boxer in middle school. So I have a feeling there's going to be another character that comes up later. It's turning into a sports anime. Aha, I tricked you. <laughs> you know what? I buy it with the direction this is given, going. Given how this ends, I would not be surprised if there's a legit boxing match at some point, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so there, there's also a, a, a nice scene of, um, I mean, at a fundamental level, given the situation that Daniel's in, considering the worst of what we see when he's in this new place is exactly what was happening to him previously, you know, there, there's this sort of like cute scene of uh, both Daniel and his mom. They call each other and it's like, how are you doing? Oh, it's great. Everything's working out just fine. Like, yeah, it's better. But like both for both of them, because like she's saying that, oh, I'm just out on a late night stroll. And she's actually at a second job that she took so that she could, you know, support, you know, this life change and stuff where it's like. They're both lying to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. It's like, yeah, Daniel is on a better trajectory, but like also this sort of like there's there's a warmth to the two of them, like you know, try you know ro- uh, rose colored glasses to uh, make the other feel better, and then uh, uh, we have the next day when uh, Daniel goes into school. A trio of bullies, uh, they're functionally one character though. The trio of bullies is to their class of like like classmates. Are all going, yeah, no, we beat up this cashier and then we took blackmail pictures of him. You want to see it? I'm like, that's defeating the point of what you did. <laughs> I do like that they're like some of the characters actually point that out. This is like, why? Why would we want to see that? And he's just like, <laughs> and then and Daniel sees people reacting like this and chooses to take away, they all think I'm a loser, but not in my new hot body. They think I'm cool. I'm like, no, the takeaway should be everyone thinks what they're doing is dumb. These people are not looked up to. Like It, it proceeds to escalate where uh, the trio of bullies end up uh, insulting. Uh, they, they'd been referring to uh, original body Daniel as Piggy. Uh, oh, Piggy's mom must be a Piggy too. And, you know, that... Mm-hmm. It dis- it devolves from there as you expect it to. Again, it's it's one of those ones where it's like showing that he should you know he should maybe have a little bit more uh, confidence in in uh, his moral fiber because he the amount of punishment he can take is astronomical. But if you insult his mother for all of the for all that she's put up from him, he will not stand oh. that. This mon was amazing because its entire gimmick is this wish fulfillment of, oh, what if I was super hot? Then I could get back at people. Does not give you a revenge beat until we get to this plot point. And it's just like, they draw out that beginning part so long. And then finally, it's just like, hold on. I'm going to defend my mom's honor. She's a nice lady. We just found out she's working a second job. But you know how I'm going to defend her? Non-violently. <laughs> And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, and and it's not doing the sort of isekai wish fulfillmenty thing because, you know, like his situation is astronomically better uh, with like the new hot body, but it doesn't solve his social problems. Like he still needs to interact with people to actually capitalize on the opportunities his looks give him. And, you know, here's this moment where he, uh, you know, he stands up to uh, 
you know, he, he stands up to some garden variety bullies. And on his pure looks alone, he's basically higher socially ranked than they are, even though he has barely said a word to anybody, you know, and like Daniel doesn't even really internalize the fact that, you know, he dresses them down and shuts them up instantly. Unfortunately, Zach is is sort of like the um the the three bullies are kind of his minions, sort of. So uh he he uh he takes exception to kind them. Of, uh, but not really. It's kind of weird. He he I, honestly he Zach uses is, more Zach is tangential to them. Yeah. yeah. He, he uses the fact that he hangs out with them as an excuse to pick a fight with Daniel is is ultimately what it comes down to. Because as much as he might deny this, he is well, he doesn't even deny it. He is curious. What is with this Daniel guy? What's his deal? Why does Mira think he's so cool? Like, you can kind of see the the shades of what Zach will show uh, at the end of our reading, but there is also the uh, parade of red flags that he is, is that he is still obsessing with the uh, the girl that he went on one date with, and she was not happy about it and didn't and hasn't really spoken to him again since. Because, you know, he beat somebody up for looking in her vague direction. Yeah, so she immediately saw red flags and cut it off immediately. Guy, you blew your chance. Ladies don't like that. <laughs> I don't think the fiction's that clear on her opinion. I think she's just kind of like, eh, he's okay. Was her takeaway from that? She would have preferred he didn't start a fight, but I don't think it's saying he's completely off the table. He's still pining after her, though. Well, don't you see that obviously the guys in this universe, guys are just wild animals and you can't help them. They'd like to like constantly try to power check those lesser males. And that's just something you have to accept. It is very distasteful. But that's kind of the world these ladies live in. <laughs> yeah, like like he's he's not entirely off the table, but uh, she she does like complain about the fact that he's still being clingy. Look, if you're if you go to the school and you're not into a guy who street fights, uh, you're dating Jiho. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair. That's yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Also, Jiho is basically the Daniel of this school. <laughs> He'll come up later. <laughs> So basically we get the big old fight scene where um, we, I think we get fully revealed his boxing backstory right here with yeah. Zach. And he's just like, I'm going to punch him out one, two. This guy's never had a fight before in his life. And we get like slow-mo shot of Daniel going like, man, I just realized I've been beaten up every single day of my life. At one point I realized I had ultra instinct. Nope, we're not calling it that. I just know where... <laughs> I, I can slow down time and see the punch coming, but I was never strong or fast enough to dodge. Oh, shit. I dodged. I didn't even notice that. Do I know Kung Fu? And then proceeds to dodge a bunch of punches. It's like, like the way Matt framed it is a joke, but that's almost literally true. He has the reflexes to, you know, avoid a particularly skilled fighter's punches. But his his body always betrayed him. It, he wasn't uh, he wasn't fast enough. He wasn't strong enough to get out of the way like he, you know, like he wanted to. And now that he's in a comically overpowered body, he starts going toe to toe with with the uh, boxer. Com comically overpowered is saying something because eventually it gets to the point that he dodged in the wrong way and Zack anticipated that and was going to hit him straight in the face. And the fist is like two inches away from his face before he's like, oh no, I can't dodge that. But I can block it with my hand because my hand is faster than my neck. And I'm like, cool, super 
superpowers. I Daniel has superpowers. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, like Daniel's abilities are turned up to eleven because his his previous form was at a negative one. Like, it's it's like the stuff you see that guy doing in the movie Limitless. This is like, yeah, I guess peak reaction time could maybe do that. Sure, yeah, let's go along with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's exactly the point. Like Daniel is Daniel is like he's supposed to be reality breaking. He's supposed to not be normal in an otherwise normal world because his two bodies represent the two furthest extremes. Uh, Daniel then uh, proceeds to one shot uh, Zach uh, karmic justice for uh, 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 in his backstory. Apparently, Zach had uh, stolen someone's Digimon cards, a horrible crime. Love so well because he was always good at punching so he got whatever he wanted also daniel has a flashback to his old bully at his old school while beating up daniel was just telling someone offhand so yeah if you're ever in a street fight what you want to do is first punch solar plexus that'll get them right on the ground and they're not going to want to get back up i'm going to then tell you exactly how to do it while demonstrating on this nerd and he's remembering that and goes like that's some good information i'm going to do that right now <laughs> oh yeah and uh zach is then on the ground wheezing and is thoroughly humiliated everyone thinks daniel is cool well all the girls think he's cool and then all the guys are afraid of him to which th the three um hoodlums who i forget the names of but whatever they're in the bathroom smoking and we get guy in who's got a haircut that covers his eyes i forget his name but he's just he's, in the uh, background of everything we read. Yeah, he's he's been in the background. He's not been uh, particularly relevant yet. Uh, the one thing he does is he beats uh, the um the uh the three bullies that are one character uh, uh say that they're gonna uh, jump Daniel and uh, bull cut guy uh, beats them up in the bathroom in turn before they have the chance to do that. My boy Jay with the dyed hair. <laughs> uh, Jiho's reaction. Uh, the uh, the Daniel of that school, uh, and Daniel notices that uh, Jiho is looking at him the way that he looked at, uh, you know, the people that terrified him, which that's... Uh, oh, yeah, because Jiho is a great internal monologue where he watches this fight happen, and he's just like, oh, no, no when predators fight, it's never good for the prey. And I'm like, I, I understand what you're saying at this exact moment. I don't think that's normally true. But whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> in this specific context, you are right. I think the metaphor falls apart if you use it anywhere else. But we'll go ahead. Um, we'll, we'll just go with that. And uh, yeah, the kind of aftermath for this is at, at night. Um, Daniel's working his part-time job, and he's just like, "Well, I guess it's a full-time job." Actually, he does an eight-hour shift, presumably. Yeah. Every night, unless plot relevant, he doesn't have work that night. Which, fine, that's yeah. a webtoon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he has 12 hours and 12 hours, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing some light exercises. He slips, and then the girl who pitied him, but not in, like, the disgusted way, shows up. I wish I remembered her name, and I wish I could differentiate her from Danny, because I don't think they're Mia? the same character. Is or Maya? It, it Mia? Okay. Maya? I don't know. It wasn't I, pronounced, I so I have no chance of guessing. I, I thought she didn't get but, named. I thought she just showed up and uh, was nice to him. Mira, I think. No, Mira's the redhead. Yeah, Mira's Mira's the one with the pigtails. No, this is a this is a different character. Like, I don't think she gets named. 
Um, but like, you know, but she's but like, she's not Danny, right? They just both have black hair and a very similar haircut. She doesn't have black hair. She has uh, lighter. She has like uh, light brown. Or maybe maybe it's just the lighting. the The point is, there. Uh, the whole point of this scene is, um, uh, Danny in his original body is like, you know, hey, I I did a thing that actually worked out well for me. Um, I should uh, maybe I should try improving this version of myself, and maybe I'll have a uh, you know I'll have a better life. I I won't have twelve hours where I am subject to humiliation and misery. And so you know he starts trying to self improve, and um uh a perfect stranger comes in and she's too crafted of a character not to show up again but she's just like hey that's cool that you want to improve yourself keep at it buddy and you know she just then proceeds to like you know do a normal purchase at the convenience store and leaves and it's just a a a, a moment of uh, genuine kindness you know from one person to another uh it, it it's once again the situation where uh where Daniel, like, you don't need the super body to uh, improve yourself. You know, there's there's more to you than you give yourself credit for. Yeah, but he he completely misses the point of this interaction because he's he's not really begun his character development yet. He's still working on it. The the real problem is his dumb brain. That's that's the real problem yeah. with a lot of things. He's yeah, got that's foot and mouth true. disease. <laughs> but um, let's uh. Let's end on this nice little uh, happy moment um, because uh, something else happens at the convenience store that night. That um, because every, every time something good happens to him, he has to ruin it, uh, or someone yeah. else will ruin it for him. I should say, but uh, uh, we it, will be it right. It can be both. <laughs> yep. But we will be right back. Gonna take a quick break. Um, don't go anywhere. We're back, and uh, we're going to cut away from Daniel for the time being, because he's had a little bit of happiness, and we cut to uh, the bullies who are in the middle of needing something, and they reach out to their good buddy Jiho, who is asleep, like all good boys at this time of night, and he gets a drastic phone call from them, and I just want to point out for one moment, uh, Jiho's sleeping? Incredibly attractive. Just like, like he is full... 2000s movie about oh girl if you just take off those glasses and undo that ponytail girl you're a 10 out of 10 <laughs> jiho like he's got the nerd cut but with his glasses off they've just drawn him incredibly attractive sleeping i'm just like hold on jiho what's going on here that that's sort of the thing though because daniel is a caricature for real people you know it's it's not like uh, they're you know people uh, with like no redeeming qualities at all. You know, Jiho is in a more realistic version of the uh, situation that Daniel is in. He's being severely bullied, but like he's more you know regular you know person. Jiho is the only boy at the school that I believe actually wanted to go into the fashion class. Having been uh, having been called. Uh, by the bullies, he runs down to the convenience store. Uh, they basically just make up an excuse to harass him. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, my phone's about to die." You know what that means, nerd? And he's just like, "What?" So he's like, "Yeah, I want you to go steal a charger. I I could buy a charger. No, you gotta steal it." Well, okay. 
And then uh, poor Jiho sneaks in. He's worried to death going into the convenience store until he sees that the cashier is none other than Daniel. And he's just like, oh, good. We're both losers. <laughs> they they both think to themselves, same rank. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the other the other sort of important thing to note is the reason why the bullies felt the need to uh, uh, pull this in the first place uh, was uh, um, uh, Jiho had seen them in the aftermath of getting beat up in the bathroom. So they're concerned that someone who that they uh, who they are tormenting will use that against them, which I mean, maybe you deserve it. But yeah, because uh, Jiho sees that Daniel is is the same level of uh, weak uh, pushover. He just right in front of Daniel just takes a charger off the rack and stuffs it in his shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to do it anything about it daniel does actually say uh hey no you can't do that jiho runs off hey he says something to the effect of i'll pay for it next time which listeners good lesson um if you just want something from a store you can just take it they're not a cop they're not your dad they can't stop you <laughs> this is not actually a good lesson you should not do that thing do not listen to matt he's a poor influence they can't stop you take what you want Honestly, I think all of us are a poor influence of some flavor, but... Uh, I'm an excellent influence for everything. Anyway, Jiho trips. <laughs> Which homunculus was pride? <laughs> uh, Jiho trips, and uh, something that I like to note when it comes to, like, you know, when characters are written, their reflexive actions. Despite the fact that someone who was just stealing on his watch... Uh, has you know been put in a situation where he can now be caught daniel's immediate reaction is to offer him a hand up um which you know i mean again daniel he's not a he's not a bad kid he's a he's a nice guy but uh at this point the uh the bullies outside see what's going on and uh well that's not how the plan was supposed to go so uh pit the two uh weaklings against each other and say they'll delete the nude pictures of the one who wins and I'm just like, so you you have multiple nude pictures on your phone and you're bragging about this to people. Very, very different environment. It's a different culture, man. You get the blackmail, you hold on to the blackmail on your personal device for some reason. Look, and... I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm glad I live in a culture where if someone has multiple pictures of naked boys on their phone, they go to jail for a long time. I don't think that's like a bold thing to say, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the sentiment. Um, well, I think it's because they're all the same age. Not to say that it wouldn't still fall on this, under law, similar laws and in, in depending on the state, but the whole thing is like, I got something super embarrassing and incriminating, so I'll, I have the power to, you know, oh, yeah. embarrass you. In the, in the context, I guess, yeah. Yeah, in the context of the story, it's, it's very much a I have power over you situation. Um, and uh, poor and Jiho, not, but... like I'm just paging through my gallery, and oh yeah, I forgot I have this black man from last week. Look, those three are dumb enough. I'm just showing off pics to my mom. Mom, don't swipe left. <laughs> those three are dumb enough. I could see that happening, honestly. <laughs> The bullies uh, continue incentivizing uh, Jiho. They give the obvious lie that Jiho won't have to be their gopher anymore if he, if he wins. And in desperation, he starts hitting Danny, who immediate reaction 
I'm just going to let him win. He's in a worse situation than me. I'll 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 take the L for him. Given where Daniel's at at this point, I was kind of hesitant if that's like him going like I'm going to be a good person and help him out. Or I think it's legitimately him just like, yeah, I can't even beat up Jiho. At least this is some good that can come from me being this work because he's got no self-confidence even now. Like, yeah. I think it's a combination of both. That's that's sort of how it read to me in the moment. But it's okay because best character shows up. <laughs> yeah, the, the the fight is uh, called off because uh, we get uh, intervention from uh, Vasco. Also, the fight is notoriously pathetic to the point the onlookers are like, "Oh, this really isn't as entertaining as we thought it'd be." <laughs> like, it was kind of funny for the first couple of seconds, but this is just kind of boring now. But then, uh, then yeah, Vasco, class president of the architecture division, also apparently leader of a gang on the school grounds. I believe they're the Burning Knuckles. Yes, they are the Burning Knuckles. Seriously? Because uh, this school's great. <laughs> this school is great. Of, of what, something. Is, what is or it with something. architecture and organized crime? There's always somehow <laughs> a connection between the two. The mob. Real estate is expensive. Yeah, you need some people to get it done for you, and there's only one organization that can really get things done in a really expedient manner. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it, it sure would be a shame if someone fell into the concrete and then no one could find them in the foundation, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We've, we've been getting a little bit of uh, uh, Vasco up to this point. We've seen, like, some of his reactions to, like, some of the bigger events, like Hot Daniel fighting Zack, for example. It's pretty obvious he's uh, uh, pretty simple as a person. Again, that uh, title uh, cropping up again. His perception of daytime Daniel is he is attractive, he is popular, Therefore, he must be a bully. He has a sort of like Don Quixote-esque like crusader for the nerds sort of bent to him. Like he stops the fight to uh, rescue uh, both Jiho and original body Daniel. I think I've I've called them like 30 different things at this point. But uh, he then uh, proceeds to say with unknowingly with Daniel in a different body standing right next to uh, Jiho. Hey, you're in the fashion department too, right? tell Daniel not to screw around. <laughs> and Daniel thinking, okay, I guess I better not screw around. But un unfortunately, his takeaway from that is, oh yeah, Vasco's a good guy at heart. I'm gonna, for the first time, he decides I'm gonna try and be social during school, <laughs> which is interesting, because he's- Well, well, second time, because the first time he's like, I'm gonna talk to the person sitting next to me, it's Zach. All right. <laughs> and we all know how that went. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, this is his first, like, I'm gonna... I'm gonna initiate, yeah. Unfortunately, what that happens is he immediately kidnaps Jiho, who doesn't really want to be his friend because very scared, um, and then sits well, at a table with him, and I've been calling her Danny. Is that not her name? Uh, the, the girl who's I, really I, the, into him. The, the crazy one, yeah, I... I don't actually remember what her name is. I'm not gonna lie. Zoe is her name. Ah. Uh, wow, her name is not Danny. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't know what the Haiku characters' names are. The situation that you get, I really like this scene because um Danny sees that Jiho is getting bullied. And he, you know, he's like, hey, 
I'm, you know, I have social standing because of the body I currently have. I'm going to rescue him from his bullies. And in all honesty, as uncomfortable as Jiho is, him him being nervous that Daniel is going to, uh, you know, do something negative to him is better than the actual bullies actually bullying him. Like that judgment based off of looks, it's like, this guy is super attractive and he's talking to me. He must want to exploit me in some way sort of a uh, immediate mm -hmm. reaction. It's the running through line of this entire thing of like, people aren't actually listening to what they're saying. They're going off of their like prejudices and yeah. letting the words just kind of inform that as opposed to listening to people when they talk. Yeah, this is where I was starting to key into that dichotomy uh, because like there, there were a lot of cases where uh, Daniel just won't say things and it creates these misunderstandings but like again that's the point uh because you get a lot of internal monologue from uh jiho and also zoe who's uh interesting character uh her entire personality is is she is uh she's really really thirsty for daniel uh Dave i was about to daniel. say yeah. that's that's being a little that's generous very... to her implying she has a personality <laughs> <laughs> yeah she is just a full-on just thirst nugget or something <laughs> it makes everyone uncomfortable by the way other people do comment on it it's oh yeah uncomfortable everyone <laughs> is uncomfortable the thing i really like about it is is daniel recognizes the social dynamics that he had been at his previous school he is in in his job and that jiho is in he is popular he's strong he's attractive if I befriend this kid, people won't pick on him anymore because if they think I'm his friend and they pick on him, they'll think I'll beat them up, which will which will protect him. Uh, oh, uh, the uh, president of the um, architecture, uh, Vasco. Uh, <laughs> Vasco doesn't see it that way because he gets the same impression that uh, Jiho has that uh, that uh, Emily. It's not even really. It both kind of is and isn't coercion. No, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, 100% and it's an accurate interpretation of what's going on because Daniel is not picking up on the fact Jiho is incredibly uncomfortable. He is forcing himself on this person to get what he he's not understanding because he doesn't understand the privilege being allowed to him in this body that he forcing someone to be with him that doesn't want to be there. He's trying to use the privilege to benefit Jiho, not realizing that it's not really helping as much as he thinks it is because of the thing that uh vasco said last night in the situation that uh uh daniel is uh, uh unintentionally putting jiho in uh that also tur almost turns into a battle in the cafeteria till we get a uh, main man jumping in to defuse the situation who i what is his name god there's so many people with names <laughs> why do they all have names <laughs> Why do you all have names? There are so many people who have barely done anything who have names. Um, Jace. That's why I remember his name. <laughs> his name is Jace. He mind sculpts the entire situation. Uh, the other important element is that apparently uh, Vasco has a, uh, a Vulcan neck pinch, a comically overpowered Daniel uh, daytime body. Uh is able to uh, shake off his grip. Uh, and that's sort of the point where Jace, who's like the second in command of the Burning Knuckles, is like, uh, hey, let's uh, let's defuse this situation before something bad happens. The scene's also about as one-punch man as it gets. It's just like, oh, sorry, were you trying to attack me? I didn't notice. Uh, but anyway, Jace defuses the situation. And then um, 
the the crew of losers led by the notes say his name is Dew. Yeah, that sounds right. Dew and his friends um, <laughs> decide to invite him to a party because they realize he's really strong. And if he can stand up to Vasco, that's some good capital for them. But in order for them to hang out with um, Daniel, they need him to get along with Zach. So they're going to invite him to a party together. And they're basically going to Korean barbecue. And I'm like, good. That's exactly how you make friends. Korean barbecue. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, uh, Zoe uh, hears and decides that I'm going to be there. I'm just going to happen to wander by. Yep. Because she's super thirsty. Yeah. She is. That's, that's her entire character trait. Poor Daniel. He, he goes in expecting, oh, we're going we're gonna to go to a nice place, have dinner. It's going to be a fun, wholesome time as we uh, get to know each other. And they're, uh, they're drinking and smoking and, and well, being ne'er-do-wells. That, like, even when he's like in his head visualizing what they're going to do, it kind of almost feels like he's, I mean, we kind of grasp this, but he's almost like he's socially stunted to the fact that he kind of like, like he thinks they're kind of like going to hang out and what did he say? They're going to get like sticker pictures and all that kind of stuff. Like stuff you would do like as a young teen, not so much as like an almost young adult. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, no. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to say arrested development, but... <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. It's just like, no, like slumber parties and all that kind of stuff. And There's... we're like, it's like, no, we're past that. There is something really endearing about uh, Daniel almost being too wholesome for the situ for the entire situation. Yeah. There have been a lot of cases where we've seen like shades of Daniel's uh, good side as sort of like reactions to things that happen. But this is this is a, a situation that he had a lot more control over. And uh, we sort of see uh, he is good boy. He, he doesn't do these sorts of things. He's also too much of a good boy. And I know what you're thinking, man, this wish fulfillment webtoon doesn't really have enough wish fulfillment in it. If <laughs> only if only we could just have an entire chapter dedicated to two girls throwing themselves at him but they only brought one girl with them we already know zoe's way too into daniel and she's wearing casual clothes so assets are on display folks who's the second girl oh that would be the middle-aged hostess of this establishment who also thinks daniel is hot and is just giving him free food and is undressed to then also be and this goes on for an entire chapter and i'm like this was what i was expecting so he is the pinnacle of human beauty okay <laughs> like she would be stupid to not throw herself at him come on i'm i'm just saying this entire chapter he is adonis it is what i was expecting every chapter to be so i'm thankful that it wasn't but this this chapter is intense it is it a crowd of people watching <laughs> It was also very funny. Uh, Zach is also getting progressively more and more drunk over the course of this. Zach, Zach is all in on this party. Zach is so upset Daniel got invited and is just downing shot after shot of soju because he can't stand Zach. Uh, he's he's anger drinking right now. It is not a good look. Do not. Oh, he's, he's got like a little like frustrated toddler expression as he's anger drinking is the best part. He's just like... I'm gonna drink my alcohol. <laughs> oh, and it is, it is obnoxious. <laughs> but that is the entire point. 
Also, Daniel has this whole bit where he says, I don't drink, and then no one believes him, uh, <laughs> which sounds about right. Uh, that's how people are. <laughs> it, it's this whole back and like this is, entire scene is basically just a comedy beat of the older hostess hitting on him and, and the uh, Zoe just being both like flirty to him to the point that there is another table in this like very small restaurant. I say restaurant. This is literally like four cooktops in the corner of what appears to be a living room. This is like an under the table place. Yeah. Yes, very much so. It's serving minors. It's like up a staircase in an alley <laughs> to get to it. And like, like there is this other crew here and they are gangsters, it looks like, honestly. Um, I don't think they say exactly <laughs> what, but they're, they're thugs. They're 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 thugs. They're implied to be gangsters. We find out later that they're actually uh, seniors from another high school that is apparently, I think, has a rivalry with the with yeah. the terrible school Telling, that Daniel's at. Honestly, I thought these people were like in their forties. <laughs> I thought they graduated. I thought they were they a senior from the school. Talk because he makes this comment about like I've been coming here since middle school, which because it, it it sounds really pathetic. <laughs> It does. He contacts seniors at his alma mater. So yeah, they are adults. But the, the whole takeaway is they're there with a girl who is flat chested and is upset that this nonsense is going on and makes a loud comment that women who show off their boobs really have nothing else going on. And then Zoe responds going like, oh, why do you wear a bra then? Is it for warmth? And Zoe proving to everyone that she should get invited to these things, proceeds to then insult all the thugs and say, everyone I'm with can take you. And I'm just like, Zoe, you do not start fights that you are not going to participate in. <laughs> uh, Zach is way too drunk to fight, so uh, the uh, uh, dude and his, his buddies are... Drunk Zach, we forgot to mention, because I'm going to point this out. This manga seems to have the belief that the second you drink any amount of alcohol, your personality does a 180. <laughs> because, <laughs> because Zach turns from his aggressive self to, I just want to be buddy-buddy with everyone. And he's just like, hey, stop being mean to Daniel. We're going to be best friends. Hey, could you please stay away from Mira? I've got a crush on her. And, he's just, and Daniel's just like, I have no idea how to comprehend this. And then Zoe's just like, oh, have this drink. And he's just like, sure, downs it. And she's like, oh, God, that was alcohol. Spits. And it's just like, why? Why would you just assume? <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I, I think I think to be fair, I think to be fair, the um, Manwa, uh, <laughs> Zach had been uh, packing away those shots. And I think the implication is supposed to be that uh, Daniel's a lightweight. Uh, well, initially, he only has the one sip after much goading to like, you know, just have one. You'll have fun. And he's like having his good boy inner monologue of like, no, there's so much smoking and drinking. That's bad. I don't want to. I'll have this water instead. And of course, uh, Zoe. Uh, Fordham, uh, Fordham booze instead. This lady, this lady is a stalker psycho, and now she poisoned him. I like to believe that he got drunk off of the backwash of spitting it out. <laughs> like, that's that's but, all it took. I mean, that that, that is comedically appropriate for the, the kind of caricature that is uh, Daniel's two bodies. But I also think that uh, something that's sort of kind of relevant to all of this is uh, really doesn't take much to flip Daniel's switch. Like, you know, he has he has a little bit of um, booze in him. He's not like he's not like stumbling drunk. His uh, vision goes blurry for a second, but he like is able to shake it off immediately. 
and he just feels freer to speak his mind. I think he is supposed to be blackout drunk is the problem because he does pass out from it is the thing. So he, he does by the uh, by the second time he drinks, though. Because uh, the first time, Zoe is the one who instigates all of this. The three idiots don't actually help the situation either. And uh, they end up, um, like, they're they're internally saying, I want to back out of this. I don't want to pick this fight. I think we'll get beat up. But then saying out loud because of toxic masculinity, yeah, we'll totally kick your ass. And Daniel gets the confidence. You, we are the ones who started this fight. You guys should apologize to them. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was on our side. Also, uh, bullying people and taking blackmail pictures of them is wrong. And he uh, he crushes the phone that had the blackmail pics on uh, on it in his hand. Daniel crushes a phone with one hand. <laughs> Obviously, uh, because you know Daniel's bodies are exaggerated, it's you know dialed up to eleven for comedic effect. But um, I think that that's a really good character scene for Daniel. Then we dive right back into the uh, lookism because Daniel then proceeds to try to uh, apologize himself to the thugs. Uh, it doesn't go well. His plan is, oh man, sorry, we caused him trouble. Here, you can have one of our bottles to like make it up. Like, it's fine. Here's some booze. We got a little rowdy. My bad. I'm taking apology for that. But because he's drunk and not... Because of luckism for once, he just has super luck as a power or something, proceeds to drop the bottle, it hits the side of the table, he goes to grab it, it shatters, and then he accidentally is holding it up, and it's a sh broken, like, sharded bottle, and they're like, oh man, he just made a weapon. Well, <laughs> this, uh, this went from zero to sixty. Um... <laughs> We're gonna go. We could totally kick your asses, but we're just gonna go. This guy's crazy. <laughs> just beat down his whole crew with words, and now he's gonna, like, shank us with a bottle. Like, <laughs> wow, Daniel. There's, like, a whole thing about, uh, it's like, oh, he made it look like he was dropping the bottle so he could uh, more effectively get the weapon before they could react to it. It's like, Meanwhile, he's just like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was embarrassing. I didn't mean to break it. Also, while he was drunk we're asking him things like hey where do you live and then zoe was just like yeah where do you live and he's just like oh yeah i live alone and then zoe's like you live alone and he's just like oh no no i mean i live with someone my friend yeah he's kind of a bigger guy and they're all like oh a big yakuza guy so yeah that guy must be a gangster yeah he's real tough and a bodybuilder and they're like yeah and he's just like Sure, that's fine. And I got really confused because I wasn't clear they were saying that verbally to him. It comes up later that they were. Not super clear in this moment, but... And that comes up because uh, Zoe thanking him for, like, saving them all. So it's like, here, have another drink. And they redo the comedy bit from earlier of him taking a sip, realizing it's not water, and spitting it out. And then everyone going like, oh, no, he's... Is he just a lightweight what is this nonsense and then he's like oh no i had too much to drink Ugh. and then he wakes up in his old body he's just like oh this is bad <laughs> i need to get back to sleep i need to get back to sleep he's able to force himself back to sleep after uh some time and then finds that he's dreaming mm-hmm that's a thing that's happening now wakes back up uh an hour later Still in his original body, he runs to the location where his other body is and finds that the other body is still there, uh, passed out drunk. His friends have been trying to get him up so they can leave because I, 
I guess it must be like 9 p.m. Yeah. Maybe 10. And also, mm, my favorite throwaway line in this entire reading was, was him getting invited to this like party and he's like, yeah, we're gonna, I can hang out for a couple hours at like eight. And I'm like, does that, that goes right up again. It's from seven and he can hang out for a couple hours. And I'm like, doesn't that cut right into your bedtime? Don't you have a part-time job you need to be at? And then immediate next slide is like, good thing today is my day off from that job. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Daniel rushes in without thinking. And, and now uh, there's a bunch of people who bullied him are surrounding his other body. And uh, he has to like, he's trying to figure out a way to uh, socially navigate the situation. And the, <laughs> the savior of the situation, funnily enough, is drunk Zach, who uh, yep. has had a uh, uh, quite the uh, um, uh, quite the experience with uh, Daniel's little speech about uh, being nicer to uh, people weaker than you. He yells at the at the three thugs for uh, like the blackmail and the beating him up. D didn't didn't you beat him up, Zach? Yeah, don't do that again. But uh, this is also a throwaway line where he's just like, yeah, I'm I'm here to take him home. And it's like, wait, you're the guy he lives with? And then like in a split second decision, he goes, no, I work for the guy who lives with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's an errand boy for a big, tough crime boss. And I'm just like, what, what a living situation do you think Daniel has? <laughs> like, this... <laughs> <laughs> I do also think that it's worth noting that Daniel actually starts talking a lot more here. He actually, he's actually able to like explain a lot of this out loud and they do. And like, like they jump to the gangster conclusion. Uh, but like for, for most of what he says, they actually, you know, listen to the words he says, because he says more things out loud. Like there, there has been a subtle change in Daniel and then Zach decides that, you know, since uh, I was mean to you before and, and I'm drunkenly turning over a new leaf, there's no way he's remembering any of this tomorrow. I'm going to do a thing to uh, uh, reconcile, to commemorate our new friendship. It seems like he's still off the rail. Um, mm -hmm. He takes them to uh, an arcade. Yeah, can we, can we establish that Daniel just thinks it's totally okay to drag, that the entire crew thinks it's okay to drag unconscious Daniel's body? <laughs> <laughs> to an arcade rather than bring him straight home but yeah they 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 just kind of do that it seems at first like this is you know drunken zach doing stupid things what i really like is um he actually gets a like, kind of lucid and he uh begins to teach uh uh daniel upper uh boxing uh posture and how to throw a straight punch there's a lot in this uh, manhwa that is like, you know, toxic masculinity. These people are defaulting to violence. That's a bad thing. Don't do that. Um, but like if somebody is, uh, you know, about to like physically assault you, you know, defending yourself is is not an unreasonable, you know, response to that situation. Also, Zach really likes boxing and he's connecting to someone through so he's sharing something he truly enjoys with another person. Like it's a really vulnerable moment for him like he's just like no yeah. watch me this is how you're good at something he gives the uh little like punching machine a whack uh, oh, it's a new record almost immediately afterward he goes back to stumbling drunk and at that point they decide uh yeah so uh now now that the uh boxing enthusiast has done what he wanted maybe we should all just go home and then they just ditch daniel with daniel and i'm just like this next scene did not come as a 
surprise because you know who was not like even slightly shaken about having to carry his unconscious body daniel <laughs> boy can carry what because other daniel is ripped with muscle and like six foot something yeah he's probably significantly heavier yeah like he could easily 200 maybe even like 220 230 like and he's carrying around that dead weight like it's nothing I absolutely loved this entire ending scene, like when Zach takes them to the arcade uh, to the end of our reading. Daniel uh, tries to do follow the instructions, and unfortunately, he actually gets a little bit uh, overzealous in it, and he uh, misses the bag. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. again, he he tries to better himself. It doesn't work, and he, you know, sort of not quite gives up in despair, but like it's like, oh, well, I guess forget it. I'm not going to... You know, this isn't an avenue I can pursue. It's like exercising. He didn't succeed immediately, so he gave up. Uh, Vasco happened uh, to be nearby. How about that? You know, he he decides to walk in and, and try a, a swing at the punching machine. We see uh, his score is actually higher than Zach's. But the thing that uh, Vasco notices is that the uh, the punching bag is damaged. Danny nicked it and ripped the canvas. One final rule entry from Daniel as he finds out that um, if his other body is unconscious, he cannot swap back into it by falling asleep. Yep, he'll uh, he'll dream until uh, the other body is able to wake up or the body he was in wakes up. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we end on that and I'm just like, ooh, setting up for some real stakes if a fight happens. Otherwise, doing some weird Looney Tunes nonsense of getting knocked <laughs> out by... Honestly, honestly, I could see both, and I'd be on board with either or both. <sighs> but yeah, that's the end of our reading. As we come to the end of this, uh, we can go around. Uh, let's uh, let's start with you, Jay. Who is your uh, favorite character? Well, this is a hard one. Um, so we don't really get introduced to many characters in depth, other than obviously Daniel and Zach, and I guess more or less Zoe, right? So. How much depth Zoe has. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so I, I guess, Daniel, I mean, I feel for the guy. I appreciate the awareness he has of the hurdles that he has yet to overcome. And I feel like with the shenanigans we've encountered so far that inevitably he will be forced to start really seriously tackling them so i yeah i i see a lot of a lot of growth potential with him being the main character and for him literally being framed as the lowest of the low <laughs> you can only go up from there yeah endearing to the main character is important for a first arc okay uh, uh jacob who's your favorite character um Actually, for me, it's really easy. Uh, I Zach is easily my favorite character. Daniel is definitely second place for me. Um, but like, there were there was so much where it's like I wasn't getting super into lookism uh, for most of it. But that scene at the end where this is a vulnerable moment from Zach. This is a you know who he is in the dark moment because like he's so drunk he's not going to remember this. He's not doing this for any particular reason. He's just you know, doing this thing, you know, he's sharing something he loves with someone, he's doing a mm -hmm. kindness for someone that he had transgressed upon and is, is uh, at least in his drunkenness, genuinely apologetic about it. Um, and then it also shows, it, it confirms something that had been implied uh, up to that point, 
of um like daniel actually like there's so much more to him than it first appears and it was brought about by his interactions with Zack. I loved that scene, and it made me love Zack as a character a lot. It implies that there's so much more to them, and then it shows you that, yes, you did notice that Daniel's actually, you know, way more impressive than even he realizes, you know, and that mm -hmm. so much potential going forward. Uh, Matt here. Jeez, I say at this point in our reading, I don't really like Daniel. I don't a hundred percent sure you're supposed to like him yet he's really not he hasn't fully started a character journey so he's still kind of in the beginning of it so it's he's flawed and that's the point his actions are understandable not necessarily relatable so i'd say of my characters i really like so far vasco i really mm -hmm. just dig his whole kind of like weird i don't trust the popular kids but he's just as prejudiced he's just got like a 180 on it yeah uh i want to know more about him and his like gang of construction workers that they're just cool having at the school um <laughs> really you're prejudiced against day laborers aren't you i i'm prejudiced against their architects so i don't know their day laborers <laughs> you keep calling them like oh they obviously can't be architecture that you have to go to college so obviously they must mean construction they also wear work suits like yeah I, that, that probably is a translation thing. I am the architect. <laughs> well, regard, regardless, uh, I can also respect Zach as someone who has also wandered around drunk at night and punched things just to show off how strong I am. Kindred <laughs> spirit. Uh, Fair. Uh, so what was your favorite situational hijinks or shenanigans that occurred that really made you, really took you back? My favorite things in Lookism was when he got, uh, yelled at to do a Pikachu Thunderbolt and, and proceeded <laughs> to fart at a girl. And also when Zack beat up that kid for Digimon cards. <laughs> Look, Zack. Kindred spirits. Look, Zack, I love Digimon cards too, but that's not how you're supposed to go about it. You're supposed to challenge them to a shadow game and then, then you get the cards afterward. Because they're them. dead. <laughs> <laughs> They don't bring it up in Yu-Gi-Oh. You just can steal dead people's cards. Yeah, they're they're not using them. They're dead. That's how you do it. I already mentioned my my favorite part of Lookism was the uh, arcade scene, just because it brought together so many of the like dangling threads, and it put a sharp focus on what the story was actually about. Because it's like I was picking up a lot of the obvious metaphors and such, but like um. Uh, that was where I, I realized that, like, some of the weird stuff I noticed was because it was a more thematically focused story than just a sort of, like, literal slice of life shenanigans happens because of this wacky situation type story, which I, it, I think that was, like, my initial disconnect with it. It managed to be funny because of, you know, like, Daniel missing the bag or, or Zach, like, light switch flipping back to, uh, back to wacky drunk after he had this, like, legitimately uh touching and uh engaging scene you know i i love i love like strong character work and that was a really uh strong scene for both zach daniel and uh to a, a lesser extent uh vasco so that's the one for me and uh what about you jay and i have to admit that matt took took one of the funnier ones um the pikachu fart <laughs> that just came out of nowhere okay <laughs> Um, I I want to see if that makes it into the Netflix anime. <laughs> it 
probably won't. I guarantee they're going to compound it to just hit this guy just getting ger- generically bullied. Um, so I would have to say the shenanigans for me would have had to have been, and, and only become only because of the way it kind of paced out in my head is just his interaction with girls and like his inner monologue and how he was interpreting like false memories of their encounter. Oh, that yeah. was that I could have, yeah, came off a little, a little very unhinged at some points and i'm just like no no means no (laughs) yeah um so i feel like those are going to be really fun to see you know come to life but i i i like those little little um cutaways to it's just like yeah she was totally you know shy but she was like totally into me it's like no you just don't understand people look that's a thing to work on in the future And I guess uh, Jay will pick it back up with you. Uh, would you continue reading Lookism? Probably. I mean, this seems kind of up my alley with other things that, again, in the realm of cave dramas that I've watched before. Um, so it was very easy for me to see how this would potentially translate. And I'm just like, this is this is just such a K-drama. It's, it's almost sad that it took this long for it to get to the screen. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Jacob, would you continue reading Lookism? It definitely had a rocky start, and I wasn't super into it at the beginning. I know I would definitely jump at the chance if uh, we were to do a revisit of Lookism to see if it can keep the momentum from that last scene. But the thing the thing for me is, boy, that final scene was spectacular and uh, really made me see the entire story in a new light. This isn't like super up my alley necessarily. Um, yeah, because I don't watch uh, K dramas. So uh, I'm very curious about where it goes. So tentative, maybe, but there are so many other things I'd probably have to do a revisit before I uh, really got back into this seriously. And uh, Matt here, would I continue reading? Um, I also, with Jacob, I really enjoyed the last. It's like actually like a three chapter arc or whatever, or maybe even four of them at the restaurant, because that's funny. It's consistent. There's a through line. Uh, It ends with that really like cool moment. I just don't like like that. I had to get through so much of it to get. I had to get through 10 chapters of effectively the same premise over and over again. Mm. And I, I kind of get that. That's the point. That's what it's showing off is the dichotomy of how his two bodies are treated differently. I think I just got the point of it, and then it keeps doing it. And what I worry about is it's going to be more of the same. And I know this is, speaking of uh, adhering to prejudices, like, in my experience, webtoons do kind of fall into the trap of, let's just keep doing this bit over and over again. Because what I do know about this is this has a lot of chapters. Like, a lot of chapters. And I don't know how you keep this plot going. Yeah, I, it's uh like I legitimately around the, it's around the same length as Tower of God. <laughs> but Tower of the God, uh, Tower of God, I you have other things you can do. I don't know what you do with this. I feel like we're already at like the halfway point of a story. <laughs> I think I think a I think a good way of summing it up is um 
for me and Matt, it kind of depends on whether or not it can maintain the, uh, the momentum of the uh, last arc we read. But uh, yeah, I, I think tentatively I would say a no for me. I mean, as always, yeah. I'll read whatever this podcast forces me to, but um, <laughs> uh, not going to do it on my own will. I will <laughs> check out the Netflix series when it comes out. Uh, today is when you guys can just go watch it on Netflix right now. I live in the past where I can't do that. I I do think that a series like this behooves uh, an adaptation because I do think that uh, some of what at least I felt like were issues uh, could easily be smoothed over by uh, by an adaptation, you know, tightening up the story a little bit. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our little discussion here. As always, you can find us on any podcatcher of your choice, uh, over MangaCast, uh, at OverMangaCast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hive, I think, is still a thing. I don't know. Um, as always, we appreciate reviews in any and all forms. Uh, go ahead, send those out, or you can reach out directly to us, uh, OverMangaCast at gmail.com, or even just go to OverMangaCast.com, and there's a little uh, message at the bottom of every single page there. So if you're listening to us on there, uh, get scroll on down. Do it right now. Fill out a comment. Send it to us. Say hi. How you doing? Uh, we are also on uh, YouTube, where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, the episodes are on a two-week delay. So if you're uh, hearing uh, our voices for the first time, there's two more episodes you can check out at all the uh, podcast locations that Matt mentioned. And next week, reading uh, Oshi no Ko. It's been a long time recommended to us. Uh, we're finally getting around to it. Um, <laughs> That's what happens when you do two theme months in a row. Uh, we will be reading chapters 1 through 20 of this much-recommended series. So um, if you want to follow along with us, go ahead and read that before next week. And um, with that, uh, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Okay, so, so how are we going to wake up Sam? I say we just drop something on him. It will probably work, right? Just slap him. Yeah. Slap him. Okay, but we'll keep the anvil for uh, for emergencies. Yeah, for emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.